and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining, the 52nd edition. After this one, we'll have completed one episode each week for a year. Welcome back. We thank you for listening. Joining me once again as we complete our journey to The Force Awakens for this, for the released movies is Mr. Alex DeWay. Alex, it is you who will podcast about a great many things. That's true. I I can't believe we're here. For some reason, I thought we wouldn't, and we still got a week to go, but for some reason, I thought we wouldn't make it to this point. It just seems like forever. And I was watching Return of the Jedi last night, and I was just like, the next Star Wars I'm going to watch is going to be The Force Awakens. I can't believe it. We're here. We are here. And as such, as for being here, usually we open with what we've been doing, yada yada. It doesn't matter. It's all Star Wars right now. That's all I've been entertained by. I've been watching the movies, obviously. I've been catching up on the comic books because, as some of our listeners may know, I do a podcast with some other friends like Jason Lacey and of the Flux to Post podcast called Holocron Council. We haven't done it in a little while, and it was covering the comic books as they came out, so I held off reading a lot of them uh, just to kind of bring the fresh take, you know, what's going to happen next type mentality to the show, but I, I couldn't take it anymore. I had to dive in and read a lot of these comic books, so I finished Leia. I completed that. Uh, it was okay. Not bad. Eh, it was okay. It was a good Star Wars story. Sure. Kind of doesn't really... It feels misplaced out of the whole what we know about the character of Leia, right? Okay. Uh, finished Shattered Empire. It is directly after, actually during the conclusion of The Return of the Jedi. And then it kind of takes place shortly thereafter to kind of do some different missions. And you're introduced to a couple characters that are influence, influential of a key character... Of The Force Awakens. So, uh, I'm not going to spoil that at this point, but I do recommend reading. It's only a four-issue series. It's out as a trade paperback. You can get it from Comixology. Uh, you can get it from your local comic book retailer. I would recommend going out, reading Shattered Empire before The Force Awakens, just to get just to get your appetite whetted for The Force Awakens. I also read up to, I think it was issue 10, of Star Wars, the actual book uh, line, and it completed a couple of storylines in that time frame, and it's okay, it's going strong, but I'm really looking forward to getting caught up in Vader and getting into Vader down, because Vader is my favorite comic book. I also have yet to read Lando and Chewbacca, but they're they're on, they're ready for me to read them at some point. Mm -hmm. The Star Wars Annual came out this week on Wednesday. I haven't had a chance to get that yet. What? But I'm planning on making a, a journey to my comic book store, maybe even tonight, to pick it up because I, I really want to read the annual because it looks really interesting. The cover is the Emperor and an Imperial agent, it looks like. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with that cover. That's true. So, that's what I've been entertained by, other than this movie. And we're going to just dive right into our entertaining thoughts for this week with Star Wars Return of the Jedi. Alex, give me your overall thoughts of this movie by itself. Well, it, it's been a couple years since I've actually sat down and watched through the whole movie, right? And, like, when I think back on the original trilogy, this always jumps out to me as my favorite movie. I don't know why. Well, now I know why. Because it is my favorite movie <laughs> of the original trilogy. It gets better each time I watch it. And knowing that... The Force Awakens is about to come out, and this is the last movie that we have in the timeline mm -hmm. to watch. Just made it even more special. Um, I don't know. Do you want to just go through like the movie just from the beginning to end? Because we're, well, we're dedicating the whole episode. I the feel whole like. episode for this, and then maybe yeah. some conjecture at the end for The Force Awakens. Okay. Um, 
so obviously, full spoilers, if you haven't seen Return of the Jedi, go see it now. Uh, watch it now. I mean, you don't have to go anywhere to see it. You can, just, you can hit iTunes and download it and watch it in two seconds. It came out in 83, so if you haven't seen it yet... Yeah, I mean, what have you been something's doing? Something's wrong. <laughs> so, okay, well, this movie starts out, and we see the Empire has rebuilt, or re- is rebuilding, a Death Star. Mm-hmm. First off, didn't they learn their lesson the first time? Why... Why are you putting all your eggs in one basket again? Yeah. I mean... Well, I mean, the reward is going to be amazing for them, right? If they can build a battle station of that magnitude with that firepower, right? They can destroy planets. I want to quote Akbar right now, but I won't. Um, but yeah, that's that's a big deal that we see that right there. Um and what what's the, the time difference between the movies or what, three years? Two, three years? Well, it took three years to make this movie so it was 80 to 83 but actual in film time i yeah. think it's only about a year i only think a year okay all right so i mean we pick up right where we left off we see the emperor's the empire's been busy right battle station it it looks pretty it looks pretty close to almost being done right you can see that there's some you know it's about what 75 percent done mm-hmm. and then it picks up right where we left off about them trying to find locate han solo and get him back Mm-hmm. And it goes right to Tatooine, right, and uh, in Jabba's palace. Jabba, Jabba. And, and J- this is actually Jabba's biggest role, right, in this movie, as opposed to. Well, so he was always kind of mentioned. You know, I got a price mm-hmm. in my head, um, but originally this is the only time that you saw him because he wasn't in A New Hope. Really, they added him in. As mm-hmm. that little CG monstrosity thing uh, for the special releases, but yeah, I mean, this is when you see the full-on Jabba, his palace, the, his you know Jabba's little court, his yeah, Slayer's <laughs> crumb gesture, mm-hmm. all the good stuff, uh, his his dancers and all that. Yeah, this is where you see Jabba really as a character. Mm-hmm. And C three P and R two D two go there, and. R2-D2 plays a message, and we see Luke for the very first time. And in it, he announces his title as a Jedi Knight. So we know that he's been training pretty hard, mm-hmm. right? Although I don't think he's been training with Yoda. No, because, because he, just he hasn't returned. seen Yoda since Empire Strikes Back. Because mm-hmm. he has a promise to keep. Right. Now, I mean, there could be, oh, I will be back. There could be a story that comes up now. And it's like, he comes back after Empire, but... He told you again he'll come back again after his next mission. Mm-hmm. So we don't know for a fact if that's the case, but it appears to be from what we know from just the released canon at this point. Right. So we've, I think either he's confident enough in his own force abilities to this point to announce himself as a Jedi Knight. I mean, when you're the only one of your kind, pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. You got no one to measure up to. But um, that's exciting. And he he's comes in. He's you know he's wearing his robe and his hood. We get a a good Jedi Knight feel that we haven't gotten since the prequel trilogy, I don't think. I mean you, you know Obi Wan was an older, more of a sage than a than a Jedi Knight I would say at that point in his his career. So that was exciting to see. And then we see uh, Leia infiltrate Jabba's mm-hmm. palace as a as a bounty hunter, release Han, and then they get captured. Um, Lando's and, already there, just chilling. Yeah, we see. Yep, Lando's been how, staking out for a while. A little, like chin pull, like so the audience obviously can see who it is. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's a very exaggerated chin pull. He pulls it like all the way down mm-hmm. for a few seconds. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to see like the, the guy across the hall that's looking. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I got a spit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is this is a really cool whole. Like, it's like the first twenty or thirty minutes of the movie. Is them in Jabba's palace rescuing Han Solo and getting him out, and I think it's just a really cool portion. It's, it doesn't at this point, like you said, you don't know Jabba too much, right? But this is a this is a big deal, right? That they're going into his palace, they're getting Han Solo out one, and then they end up killing him and destroying his little gang mm-hmm. that he has going on in Tatooine. That's, that's a big stuff. deal in the Star Wars universe. We just didn't know it when Return of the Jedi came out, mm-hmm. that it was that big of a deal. But I really like it. It's the first time we get to see a Rancor. Um, you know, Sarlacc Pit. Yeah, in the in Sarlacc Pit. And, uh, you know, we get some of the nice Mos Eisley music in mm-hmm. there going. 
kind of, you know, and it's like little cantina music. It, mm-hmm. it just makes, I don't know. I always think back to that. It just makes me smile when I yeah. see that. And, I like that when R2 is serving drinks and he, yeah. you know, that whole thing. It's like, he, he's actually like legit serving drinks there. Yeah. It's funny. And then he, uh, three people bumped into him. What are you doing? He's like, mm-hmm. subtitles, dude, I'm serving drinks. What's it look like I'm yeah. doing? And, and like C-3PO is different, right? Because he's a protocol droid. He mm-hmm. ha- he's, he's there to serve. Right, but R two is really interesting because he's not. He's an astromech droid, right? Mm-hmm. He's got a mind of his own, and he's got. We know that he's got Luke's newly constructed lightsaber I hidden love inside. That lightsaber, right? He he's got it hidden inside. He knows what's about to happen, obviously, because Luke probably told him. Luke made the message. R two's got it all down, so the, it it's hysterical that he's just sitting there in plain sight, serving drinks, and in his little astromech mind, he's thinking. Y'all are about to die soon, you know? <laughs> Enjoy your drink, yeah. buddy. <laughs> it's just, it's hysterical. And I love um, the fact that he gets a window seat, too. Like, mm-hmm. the, nobody, like, moved him out of the way and, like, yeah, your droid, get out of the way. Yeah, completely by himself. Chill. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, another scene that I think is hysterical is when they're, you know, out in the Sarlacc pit and, you know, Boba Fett shows up. Boba Fett. Boba Boba. Boba. It's a Fett. Boba. The bounty hunter shows up and, you know, Chewie's telling Han that he's there. He has a little encounter with Luke, right? And then Chewie's telling Han that he's there. And one of the classic moments, Han Solo moments, he's like, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Like, he's like, Boba Fett. And he turns around, hits him, flies up. And that's what kills Boba Fett. <laughs> uh-huh. S- supposedly, we we are meant to assume that he is dead. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, we, there's We never to... see him in the, in the movie again, right? Right. We obviously... There's tons of fan fiction and things like that, that that are really cool where it shows him fighting out of the Sarlacc and blowing it up and just getting out of there. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that explored later on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to do it. Because, I mean, you, you see him fall down into the pit, and then I think the uh, the Sarlacc, I think it it burps. Probably. Right? <laughs> like, like it just swallowed him. But you actually don't see him get, you know, in, in the mouth or anything like that. So that's that's... Interesting, I guess. I mean, it it seems like a very wah wah ending for such a a cool you know a cool character, right? I mean, he's a bounty hunter. He's very suave. He's 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 very uh, just seems like a, a silly way for him to go down, right? Goes down like a punk. Kinda, yeah. Kind of like his dad too, where he you know he gets hit with the jetpack and his dad his jetpack gets broken and that's why his dad can't fly out of the way mm-hmm. assuming boba's jetpack breaks when he hits the barge and he can't fly out so yeah jetpack yeah. issues man mm-hmm. gotta get those things checked <laughs> Hashtag out Hashtag jetpack issues <laughs> that's right <laughs> but uh yeah I, I love the first 20 30 minutes of this episode and i can't i can't say enough about these movies i love the pace of these movies it this feels... movie felt quick i mean yeah it but goes there's boom, so boom, boom. much going on it's mm-hmm. this story then it's then it. Where does it cut to after that? Luke goes to Dagobah, right? You see the Emperor arrive for the first time in person. We get to see the Emperor, Emperor Palpatine, your favorite character, yeah. right? You get to see him in person, and uh, you have done well, my friend. Even with like, because obviously this is thirty years ago that it was filmed. It would have been like twenty something years. Maybe like fifteen to twenty years when they when they redid the prequel trilogy and, and Emperor Palpatine was there. But doesn't he look older in this film, even more so than he did in the prequel trilogy? Well, you would think that he should. That's the goal, right? right? But I mean, like sometimes you know, makeup can't even cover up somebody that's thirty years younger. Even if you put old makeup on, it just looks like a young person with old makeup, right? Mm-hmm. He looks older in this movie. And I love it. I mean, you see him, he's, he walks with a cane. Mm-hmm. You know, I, he doesn't appear to have a lightsaber on him. Um, he's defenseless. Yeah. He even says it. <laughs> but, yeah, I, just, I can't say enough about the pace of this movie. We get to see so many different planets in Return of the Jedi. Um, Familiar ones, obviously, new ones. Yeah, I mean, we see Naboo at in, the very end. Because of the special edition, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, and then it cuts, you know, over to Coruscant and, and, and things like that. It's just, I mean, to see Tatooine was good. Uh, Dagobah again. We see Endor for the very first time. We see the Ewoks. Like, these are these are classic. And it all happens within the same movie. But, and like you said, the, the pace doesn't seem, let's see how long the movie is, 131 minutes. So, two hours and 11 minutes doesn't feel like that. 
It feels like an hour and a half movie. Like Fantastic Four. <laughs> it was an hour and a half movie. It felt like a five-hour movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is the opposite, and that's how you know it's a great movie. But what did you think of the movie? Oh, this movie. So, oh first off. I'm glad I went first. <laughs> first off, it introduces my... Most likely my favorite character in the Star Wars universe at this point. Or tied to be my favorite, because there's a lot of great characters in the Star Wars mm-hmm. universe. This is the first time in the flesh we see Emperor Palpatine. In in 1983, this is the first time I saw him in the, threat, in the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. We, he was alluded to in the first movie. Uh, in Star Wars, he was alluded to as, oh, the Emperor has dissolved the Senate. And, you know, he's, he's kind of mentioned the entire time where we finally get the big bad, right? He finally shows up. And Ian McDiarmid, what an amazing actor, right? Mm-hmm. The voice, I love the voice of Palpatine. I love the way he acts. I love his mannerisms, the way he walks, the way he just looks at Vader, my friend. You know, he does mm-hmm. his things like this. It's just so great to watch him get up. The, at, the music that swells and plays when the Emperor arrives mm-hmm. and him walking off, the, the pomp and circumstance of all... Circumstance? Pomp? Yeah, circumstance. Of all the troopers and everything there, the red guards that come up. Yeah. Oh, Vader kneels before him. Right? This, this entrance is grand. You can't have a more grand entrance. I think they had the whole Death Star lined up. Like, all personnel in the Death Star was in that one room for his arrival. I don't think everybody would be, but possibly. Do you know what I mean? Though? Uh, like, a good presentation. See, all the troops are there. Right. Like There, there were legions of yeah. troops there for his inspection. Mm-hmm. And it's just so magnificent, that entrance, right? It's just, when I think of Return of the Jedi, I think of Yoda's death, right? Mm-hmm. Very touching moment where Luke finds out that he's, he's got a sister. Uh, and you also think of this scene that the big bad comes out. And you know we, we talk about Yoda, too. He tells Luke not to underestimate the Emperor, right? Without watching Episode 3, that doesn't have as much weight to it. Correct. Because in Episode 3, he gets... They have a stalemate, pretty much. Yeah. Yoda really kind of loses uh, because the Emperor remains, but they, it was really a stalemate. Yeah. Yoda, I think, overestimated either himself or underestimated the Emperor. So, in passing on what he learned with this battle, it's like, dude... Seriously, this guy's legit, okay? Mm-hmm. Don't underestimate his power. Because I I did, and yeah. I went into exile. Mm-hmm. If I would have beaten him, this we would have had, like, roses. Anakin would have had... You would have been ro- risen by our father, raised up by your father yeah. and your sister. Yep. Everything would have been hunky-dory if I would have been able to beat the Emperor. But no. That's just not the way things shook out. And so he passed on that knowledge to Luke and was like, listen... You gotta be careful around this dude. Love the Emperor, right? I, I, I love the Emperor. His his taunting is is on point the entire time. Like when he when he's when Luke is with him in the Death Star in the command room, he's like, you know, your your overconfidence is your weakness. Your faith in your friends is yours. Like it's perfect. He's back and yeah. forth, and it's like, oh, I'm quite afraid the shield will be operational. <laughs> that whole thing is so good. Mm-hmm. Like the way he's just talk- Ian McDiarmid is amazing, and he should like he's perfect in this role. And again, we get to see his master mindfulness mm-hmm. in this movie because you know we we see at early on in the movie when they walk into like the boardroom, they're planning their attack. The, the lady that I don't know her name. Mon Yeah. She walks up and she says, the Emperor's made a critical mistake. We found the location of the base. You know, that's that's projecting the shield generator, right? And they think they have an upper hand, right? And then Luke's standing there, and the Emperor just very plainly says, yeah, I told him where to find it. Mm-hmm. So this is all because of me. Everything is happening how I have made it happen. Mm-hmm. And you think you have the upper hand, but you really don't. It, it just, it's brilliant. That, that that even doesn't have as much meaning unless you see the prequel trilogy. You see the whole political mm-hmm. organization behind it. Because if he could maneuver these millions of people to have this huge war and shroud it the entire time, mm-hmm. it'll be easy for him to be like, these rebels will have this plans, and mm-hmm. I will make it appear as though it's an error, but I will strike a death blow to the rebellion. But And it's cool because... We know that the Emperor is 
powerful with the force, right? We know that. But you kind of wonder, how has he stayed in office this long? When so many people at the end, after the Empire falls, seem to be thrilled that it's over, right? There's parties on every planet. Because he rules with an iron fist. He has a death star. Star destroyers. Yeah. I mean, you can't really get more menacing with your military than Death Star and Star Destroyer. And that's why Yoda never went back to face him again. Well, Yoda knew that he couldn't. Well, and maybe he couldn't match He had the best opportunity he ever had. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. But after that, after he got away, the Empire was built, Palpatine's untouchable. You can't even get to him, and even if you could, you wouldn't be able to stop him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so very menacing and it, it's going to be really weird to watch a Star Wars without him orchestrating something in it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be mentions of him or something like that. There has to be because or he's, he's still alive. Come on. No, he's not. Please. He's, he, he's dead. <laughs> I would love to be sitting next to you in the theater. If, Could be cloned. If he shows up somehow. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Well, uh, you know. Jedi have ghosts. Yeah, but it's because they're selfless <laughs> uh-huh. and they let go. Right. Sith can't do that. They they want everything for themselves. Yeah. But wishful thinking for your favorite character. <laughs> so the Emperor, excellent, it performed awesome. Everything about the Emperor is great. They should do a movie just Palpatine. I'd be there. There I know a, you would. <laughs> <laughs> there's a book called Darth Plagueis, mm-hmm. which is no longer a canon, but it's a great story. And it's talking about Sidious becoming Darth Sidious. Mm-hmm. So, good read. Uh, yeah. I highly recommend. So, continuing on with Return of the yeah, Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Han Solo, we first meet him. He's in Carbonite, right? Mm-hmm. Leia comes. She comes in as dressed up as a bounty hunter to rescue Solo. Probably not the best idea to go into a room where everybody's all sleeping and have your helmet on and bump into some wind chimes, which are there for some reason, and then, you know, do this whole makeout session with Han before you could get out of there. Right. Because all of a sudden, you know, the curtain literally is pulled, and behind it is Java. Oh, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got his whole plan going on. He, I think he must have assumed that there was something to this bounty hunter, to this person trying to get Solo. But don't you think she would have, I don't know, checked around, cleared the corners type situation before she went and tried to free Solo? Yes, it seems like somebody like Leia would have thought this out a little bit better. And Jabba had to be suspicious because maybe Chewbacca seemed too subdued to be too willing to come in as a prisoner. Because he called them the mighty Chewbacca. Yeah. So, I don't know, maybe something tipped him off like that. The thermal detonator, maybe? It's possible. Um, but, yeah, you'd think Leia would have a better plan. I, I'd like to think it's because she couldn't stand seeing Han, knowing that she's that close to him, being frozen in carbonite anymore. And I think maybe she just meant to maybe take a walk down there, and she was just like, I have to let him out. You know what I mean? Just letting her emotions get the better of her, letting him out. Um, but if that was the plan... That was a poor plan. I mean, Lando wasn't even involved, right? And Lando's been staked out there. She's got to know that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think her emotions got the better of her there. Mm -hmm. And she tried to let, and she let him out. And, you know, it was unfortunate. I don't think anybody would have woken up, honestly. Like, because there were other people sleeping on the floor in the room. There's this big slab that Mm -hmm. hits the ground. Nobody wakes up for some reason. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, it doesn't matter because Jabba's there waiting and everything. So... Um, yeah, just, I mean, they're, they're lucky because they're the stars of the movie, right? They get out regardless, but yeah, very poor, poor plan. It could have ended the wrong way. Well, well, I mean, it did, right? She gets captured. Talking about clearing the corners, Jedi Knight, Luke Skywalker comes Mm -hmm. in. Well, first off, I never remember thinking this, but when he comes in and he chokes out the, the Gamorrean guards Mm -hmm. and he's wearing all black. What's your thought? He looks like a Sith. And he uses a Sith force power. He uses uh, something for attack and not for defense, really, mm-hmm. right? So 
interesting. A lot of people kind of thought that because of the way he was dressing, by using that kind of power to do that, that he was kind of going to the dark side, like his father. Because mm-hmm. he just learned his father is the dark lord of the Sith right over here, right? Right. And he... He's like, well, what can I? I guess I can learn this stuff and be just as powerful, or maybe I can follow my father's footsteps. Maybe it's my, maybe it is my destiny. Do you think that that's why they chose that? I don't know. It's really weird, right? It's a very weird choice because he's the only Jedi to ever use that power. It's only him, and the only other person that ever uses it that we see is Vader. Vader. Maybe it's a family thing. Skywalker power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's. It's just interesting that that he does that. I think it's purposeful, right? I mean, we we've obviously seen a Jedi robe before. Obi Wan wore one. Well, this is even a a black robe. Yeah, I, it was a. I think it was a very purposeful choice, and then maybe it's just to show the conflict that he's going through. There is no conflict. It has to be, and maybe if he didn't, maybe if Yoda didn't hang on just a little bit longer, and he was able to go back and visit him. Maybe he makes a different choice. Maybe he turns to the dark side. I don't know. But it's a, I had never noticed I noticed the uh, the choke, but I never I never noticed that it was, you know, it, it was it was all black robes. He, he looks like uh kind of like Kylo Ren. Mhm. Yeah. Without the mask. Mhm. But so he gets in there, he goes in, he confronts Jabba, right? Mm-hmm. Don't you think he would have noticed or realized that he was standing on a trap door? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's 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 claiming to be a Jedi Knight at this point, but he doesn't realize or take note of what what C-3PO is trying to tell him about mm-hmm. the trap door. He's just like, oh, well, chill out here, whatever, guys. So maybe maybe arrogance got the better of him there. Maybe Yoda has been training him, and his arrogance has blinded him. Maybe <laughs> I mean maybe we're just supposed to see he's confident in the abilities that he knows how to do. But he's he's still learning, right? He's not perfect. So the Rancor fight mm-hmm. ensues. What did you think of the little the little guy dying? I felt so he's a monster, right? He's he fights him and a little you're, pig monster. You're rooting for Luke, and then all of a sudden, like the the door crushes him, and you get the little whimper. I felt bad for him, it's, right? I mean, I feel bad. He he may. It could be a situation of, we don't know, maybe Rancors are domesticated. Maybe they're nice little animals that help build buildings or something in, in the Star Wars universe. And maybe this one was just, like, you know, mistreated and forced to do this. Well, sometimes, I mean, an animal instinct probably takes over there, right? I mean, they likely have to starve him mm-hmm. for him to, you know, eat all these people. But, I mean, I think that the Rancor got the, the bad end of that deal. I mean, yeah, we, we want Luke <laughs> to, to get out of there alive, but... The Rancor, man. I gotta be the, honest the with you. A little whimper. When I envisioned our discussion of Return of the Jedi, I didn't imagine any sympathy for the Rancor coming into play. You gotta the Rancor. You don't know, right? He, he could just be the guy. His trainer did seem like he had a very emotional connection with him when he. Yeah, when because he they probably played fetch the night before. <laughs> fetch was like what a human arm. <laughs> Maybe probably. <laughs> um, interesting take on it, I guess. Uh, I. Yeah, I, I do feel bad. I think it's just because I hear that noise. I don't the like whimper, hearing animals right. in pain, right? I, that's the thing that gets it, right? That's what that's what gives you the, the feeling. The, the Rancor Keeper crying, whatever, he's just kind of a weird guy. Him and the, uh, I think it was a corn that was there down with him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they were both kind of distraught over the death of the Rancor. Which, I mean, you would be too if it was, even if it was a, a death animal that's used for execution. And I got to say... Jabba must have learned from the Geonosian arena how to enclose people for these types of situations. Yeah. Because definitely you could see how the Geonosian arena scene with the, the execution with the animals was kind of borrowed some of the aspects of this. But Rancor, obviously, is the best way to go. Yeah. Trapped in a small, tight space with a Rancor. Right. Not much you can do there. Mm-mm. So we we get off the planet, right? And we are going. I like I like the scene how the the Millennium Falcon goes right, the X wing mm-hmm. goes left. It just kind of shows that they're parting ways at that point, and then they go on branching paths until they come back for the Death Star attack, right? Yep. So Yoda, nine hundred years old. How unfortunate that after nine hundred years, 
this year is the year. <laughs> maybe maybe he knew. Maybe his 900 years is like his species clock. Hit 900, you're done. Yeah, or maybe it was it was the force that was keeping him alive to... Maybe he should have been dead for a while, but it was the force that was keeping him alive to just fulfill a certain part to keep Jedi. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I thought, I have to wonder, right? Mm-hmm. He's 900 years old. This is roughly, uh, what is it, about... It's about 20 years after Revenge of the Sith. You're thinking, why hasn't he been in, like... So he was 880 years old before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was in his prime. He went to go fight the Emperor, almost beat the Emperor. Had he been 100 years younger... Would he have beaten the Emperor? I don't know. When you're 900 years old, when's your prime? <laughs> I mean, obviously he looked, he was good enough to move around and jump around with a lightsaber at 880, but then that last 20 years of 900, <laughs> that's when you take your dive? Yeah. I don't know. It, it It's... I don't know. Maybe it's just because he lost the will to live after after episode three and he... For some reason, we're losing her. Yeah, it's it, maybe it's something like that. I don't know. It it just yeah, it seems unfortunate that uh, that then is the time for him to die. I feel like the force was keeping him alive, just just for him to do something like help Luke, and then once well, he what got did that, he do to help Luke and Jedi in in this movie? <laughs> he didn't really. The only thing he did to help Luke was he trained him in Dagobah. Right. Right. Trained with him, I should say. Empire Strikes Back was the most right. Yeah, interactive training with Yoda. And here, Yoda, he doesn't do any training. He just kind of talks to him, and then he dies, right? He, he talks about him, talks to him about, yes, Vader is your father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that, you know, there's another Skywalker. So then Ben appears, right? And he's like, why didn't you tell me? What I told you is true from a student point of view. So, you know, the, the man who was Anakin Skywalker is dead now. And... Then, you know, he's like, that's why your sister remains safely anonymous. One, two, Leia. Yeah. He's like, oh, dude, seriously, I just said safely anonymous. Yeah. Now, you're not going to be able to control your thoughts. You're going to go see your dad. He's going to understand what's going on here because he can read your mind. <sighs> safely anonymous have different connotations in our yeah. worlds. Right? That's... And he's obviously like a young, hothead Jedi. Right. Right? All these... All these powers and all this, uh, you know... Uh, there is a lot of Anakin in him, in that aspect. Very much so. See. Very much so. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see him in Force Awakens, how much different he's become. One, just being older, much older, but two, being like Yoda, off by himself. I mean, he's he's been kind of like a hermit, right, for the last 30 years? We don't know. We don't really know what Luke's been up to. Yeah. Maybe he's rebuilding the temple. Maybe he's a grandmaster somewhere. Maybe he's been doing all these missions, or maybe he's been just living at Ben's hut in Tatooine. We don't know. We, I mean, we'll find out next week, dude. Next week we'll find out. Next week, I can't believe it. What, a, what an interesting path. You think after all this, he, you know, he, he, um, he gets all these force powers, right? They, they take down the empire. It's everything's going great. He finds out he has a sister. Everything is great. And then he leaves. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? Something had to happen. So the last time we see Luke is him burning Vader's suit, his dead body, right? Right. Or no, we see him clapping at the end later with everybody else. Right, and, and, and right after we see him burning Vader, which he looks upset, right, because he found out that he was his father mm-hmm. and, and, and everything like that. Well, his maybe. father had just saved him. He had redeemed his father at that mm-hmm. point. Yep. He but, thought maybe he could save his father. That was right. the majority of his point in Return of the Jedi. But at the he very end, catch. Though, <laughs> he seems like he gets peace with him, though. Right? He sees the ghost of Ben. Uh, he sees the ghost of Yoda. Not yet. Not yet. No, bring that up towards the end okay but it just seems like everything was he got closure on a lot of things and we were moving in a positive direction with the empire being you know taken down the emperor being taken down now they have to go do all this cleanup i don't know how much how involved he was that with him and you know bringing about the new government and everything like that he's the only jedi knight now supposedly yeah and and i mean one of two people that has the force but we don't know how much Leia knows that she has the Force. But it just seems like an odd time. Something had to happen that drove him away. The same thing that happened that drove Yoda away. 
that drove Ben away was something, you know, the, catastrophic. But what could it have been? There's something missing. So, a little bit, there is a, a there is an issue of the Shatterpoint storyline that deals with Luke Skywalker. Okay. Uh, so, again, this isn't very long after. I think it's within a year of the events of uh, Endor. Read it, and you have a little more maybe insight into what he's been doing, possibly. Okay. So he's he's still with the Rebellion within a year. He hasn't gone off yet. Okay, so he helped in the aftermath for about a year. Does it say anything about what happened after that? No. There's no, there's no big event that we know of. No. Okay. So, like, it's going to be great to see next week when we watch The Force Awakens to see... The state of Luke, really. Because he's been our, he was our character that was our viewpoint character through the whole original trilogy who introduced us to Star Wars, to the Force, lightsabers, you know, who got the bombshell of Vader being his father and Leia being his sister. What's his state of mind going to be like in The Force Awakens? That's going to be the most interesting thing to find out where he, what, what he's been up to, what he's been doing. Has he been trying to do his own crusade to find Jedi-like people? Has he been reading into the holocrons to try to find out, you know, if if the Empire was, semblance of it was defeated, was he able to get to Coruscant and get some stuff from the Jedi Temple, maybe? Mm -hmm. We don't know. So it'll be interesting. That is probably the most curious point of The Force Awakens. That's why they haven't showed him yet. Exactly. And it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah. I don't want them to show it. In a trailer at all, even after the movie comes out and it's been out for a month, and yeah. be like, come see it again for the seventeenth time. Don't show us a trailer with Luke ever. Don't do it. Leave that for the movie experience. So we need to take note before we see Force Awakens. We need to take a note to how they're introducing Luke to us in the movie because that's how they want us to see Luke for the very first time. That's going to say a lot about his state of mind if he's introduced in a very sage way or if he's introduced in in a negative light, right? That's kind of going to give us the biggest, you know, what has Luke been up to? Well, not what has Luke been up to, but, you know, how is he after all these years? Is he is he after good or is he bad? Because, like, it could be something simple, right? It could, it could be like, I, I need to just be by myself to... But Yoda told him, pass on what you have learned. Maybe he has been, though. But maybe he's been doing it just privately. Maybe he needed to be by himself. Maybe he's built this huge temple. You know, like you said, maybe just he needed that peace with the Force alone for a while. It just seems odd to remove all of your family and your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Now he has family, mm-hmm. which he didn't, you know, after his aunt and uncle were murdered in, the, in, in Episode 4. He, right. he, that's his family. Now they're gone. So, I don't know. That's what I think I'm looking most forward to, is to seeing what, what's happened with Luke. What about what's happened with Leia? Because Leia finds out in this movie that she is Luke's sister. Also, Darth Vader was her father as well, mm-hmm. and that she has the Force. What state of mind do you think that she's going to be in in The Force Awakens? Because we know that she's going to go through the same transition, too. She's going to have to go through the acceptance that Vader, the the guy that almost killed her, that watched by as her planet was blown up, as she kind of relives all these events with her interaction with the Vader in Star Wars, in her mind is like, this was my father? This is what he did? She has to come to terms with that, and that she has a power within her that she doesn't understand. She didn't have Yoda or Obi-Wan to guide her. Mm-hmm. Luke isn't really in a spot at that point to teach, because he's still learning. Right. So, what's going to become of her? I mean, that's that's another big question. It is a big question. I really don't think it's going to be as difficult for her as it is for Luke, right? Well, because she's a diplomat. She, right. She's more hard-headed than Luke. I think she can take more and, and cope with it better than Luke can. But more more than that, she was actually still raised by a father figure. Mm-hmm. She did have that experience. Well, Obi-Wan, or not Obi-Wan, Luke was raised by Owen, a father figure. That's true. Both of them knew that they were orphans. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, for some reason, I feel like Leia's going to be able to handle it better. And I don't know. Do you think they're going to do anything with her having force power? 
I mean, they almost have to. You have right? to acknowledge it, right? Somehow, because whether or not she's become a Jedi like Luke, I doubt. No. Maybe she has just like the sensitivity and just can't really. Never was taught how to use it. Yeah. Because how would she learn unless it was from Luke? And if Luke doesn't know how to teach or Luke doesn't know how, or he, he's still figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, Luke has probably gone on these missions and is probably helping to build the, the you know, either tear down what's left of the Empire, build this new order, or maybe he's just out doing his own missions trying to find his own information about what happened to the Jedi. Who were the Jedi, right? Yeah. How, how did Palpatine ever become... What is a Sith? Mm-hmm. He, I mean, I'm sure he's trying to find these answers to these questions, and he can't take time to find this information, to really understand, to learn it, and train Leia at the same time. And Leia, she doesn't have time to do it. If she's, she's the diplomat. She is the one that's going to be rebuilding this government, that's going to be rebuilding the organization. Yep. Neither of them have time to train each other, or with each other, unless they do it, you know, maybe a night class. A night class, yeah. <laughs> I so so just by that logic, right? I mean, Luke he doesn't have time. So there's probably not going to be any other Jedi besides him, right? And uh, well, Yoda says, "When gone am I? The last of the Jedi will you be?" Mm-hmm. He is. How scary do you think that was for Yoda after all these years of training Jedi and everything like that? He's leaving the world without. Not even more than one Jedi, just one other person besides him that he worked with just once. And he doesn't even know if he's going to be able to become a true Jedi or if he's going to fall to the dark side. Mm-hmm. That, w- that would have been, I think, his final couple thoughts, you know, as he left. But, um, yeah, I think those are probably the two biggest questions about Luke and Leia. Um and I know a lot of people are saying that they're going to phase out the original trilogy members. And this is, like, the first movie, so they're bringing them back, obviously, to kind of pave the way for the new mm-hmm. member. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? So, I mean, you have to have... Yoda had to pass on the torch, right? Yoda died. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan passed on what he learned, right? And so now we have the older generation with Han, Luke, Leia passing on what they know to this younger generation. And that's fine because it's it's they had their turn with saving the galaxy. They've they've saved to what we know, the galaxy. Now it's it's up to the next generation to continue it on, to carry it on. There's going to be new threats that emerge that they're just not equipped to deal with. Mm-hmm. That they can't deal with. But through experience and understanding of, of the events and being more in tune with the, the galaxy at that point, it makes a ton of sense that this younger crew will take over and will be the face going forward. So do you think that they'll follow the same type of pattern that they have for the other tr- two trilogies? They'll kill off a character in the first one, an important character, a wise character. It's possible. Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Who would that person be? Old Jar Jar. Old Jar Jar? <laughs> okay. Boss Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> he does the little... <laughs> with his mouth. They're going to go to Naboo. He's going to be like, oh, Obi-Wan, I knew. <laughs> he is Kylo Ren. <laughs> <laughs> the Darth thing. Oh, my gosh. Him. So, I mean, it, it's possible that there, you know, Luke could die or Han could die, Leia could die. Anybody could die. Or some unnamed general number six who was a cool guy in the movie dies. Mm-hmm. And that could be your old person, too. Where the big three get out to another movie. They will die eventually. Some There's going to be a tragic event that happens that causes the younger generation to really rally and understand that this is what they stood for. It took us their death to understand it. But we're like going to go Obi-Wan to Luke. Right. Because, yeah, when when Obi Wan died, Luke, he didn't he he wasn't even a Padawan really at that point. He was just he had a lightsaber and he had a sense of something else. Yeah. And he saw Luke or he saw Obi Wan fighting this other dude with his other lightsaber, which 
he first saw the lightsaber for the first time when he saw his. He sees them fighting with them. Yeah. And then he's like, who is this doing the, you know, who is Darth Vader? Mm-hmm. And yep. he doesn't have anybody to usher him because I get the sense when you watch after the, or uh, on The Empire Strikes Back when he sees Obi-Wan, mm-hmm. that that's the first time that that's happened. So I don't think that there's been discussions between Luke and Obi-Wan. I mean, he kind of heard his... I mean, he has him in his head. He hears his voice at the end of episode four. Right. You know, but maybe that's the first time he's visually seen him. But it's not really a good visual seeing, right? Because he's he's kind of out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out in the cold and stuff like that. And then he kind of passed out. Maybe he thought it was like a, a, a figment of his imagination. Hallucinating. Yeah, exactly. But the first time he actually really sees him and he knows it's true is when he's on Dagobah. Mm-hmm. Right? And do you think it's because that Dagobah is strong with the Force that he's able to see him and talk to him so vividly? Because, like you said, and we'll get to it now, at the end of the movie, we see the Force ghosts, I guess you could call them, of Obi-Wan, of Yoda. Uh-huh. There's one more, I believe. And Anakin Skywalker, who in the later special editions, and I, we'll get into this, has been replaced by Hayden Christensen instead of Why remove him though and put Hayden Christensen in there and not do the same for you and McGregor? So it has been long debated and nobody really knows the answer or understands why, but it's said that you would hold the corporeal form in the force of when you were most strongest with the force. With Anakin, that was when he was Hayden Christensen before he get put in the suit. That's that argument, right? Sure. And But that doesn't make sense because if no. then if you talk to, or if you look at Obi-Wan, he, was, he had to have been stronger when he fought Anakin. Yeah, because it, it's like anything else. You, you lose it if you don't use it, right? right? And, and he's been Obi-Wan, not using exactly. it. Same with Yoda for like 30 years. Mm-hmm. That He had to have been more in tune with the Force at his prime. I would have thought Ewan McGregor should have been there, and they should even take a digital animation of uh you know the the cgi yoda and put him there instead of puppet yoda because that's when he was younger and he was more in tune with the force right so that's just one argument that a lot of people will use but to me it doesn't make sense because that's not when the others were the strongest because yeah (laughs) obi-wan when he was younger took down darth maul took down darth vader took down grievous and when we see him in episode four (laughs) he can barely move (laughs) yeah i mean but, I mean, the Force isn't all about lightsaber fights, right? But he hasn't been using the Force. But you could also say that it could be because when they understood how to become with the Force, that... And that whole argument is just weird because the only reason why Yoda and Obi-Wan are the only people that become Force ghosts are because they learned something from Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon returned to Yoda and right. taught him how to do this. So you're thinking, why does Anakin get right. to be a Force ghost? Why is Anakin a Force Is it just because he's the chosen one? Because he is the the strongest in the Force? That he just... Or Maybe is it... Based on your midichlorian count. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or is it because that he was obsessed with cheating death? That he became... You know, when, when Padme died, maybe he tried to find a way to bring her back. Maybe there was something to do with when he became Vader that kind of locked the force with him at that point. It's just, there could be a lot of different reasons, but why would Anakin, being a Sith, being a, a dark side user that doesn't adhere to the whole, you know, selflessness. And that's for the majority of his life that he's been a dark side user. He's dedicated his right. life to being a dark side user. It, it, yeah, I don't like it. So the reason why Anakin is a force ghost, I just don't. It doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, he becomes good at the end, and he tosses the emperor in the pit, right? But maybe that was his destiny, though. Maybe he, maybe he was still the chosen one, and it was always prophesied that he would take down the emperor. So it was prophesied that he would bring balance to the force. Let's talk about this for a second. Do you know what I'm saying, though? Right. Like maybe that did bring balance to the force. But how could that, in, in, from what we know and from what we are told from these six movies, even from any ancillary Clone Wars and Rebels that we know of at this point, that did not bring balance to the Force. That just tipped the scales completely in the other direction. Maybe it tipped the scales so much that it knocked the scales over and it awakens the Force. 
because if he really wanted to balance the force, he could have just not killed Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been over if. So now the Sith are extinct, right? Balance means there's an equal balance of light and dark. There isn't balance at this point. That's why I think the Force is awakening in this next movie. And the other thing to consider is when you look at Hayden Christensen being Darth Vader, okay? Okay. And his prophecy of the Chosen One, that goes out the window the second that he destroys the Jedi Order, right? Yeah, I. that's what I would think, yes. But what is it that he is so in tune with the Force that it allows him to be a Force ghost? That's what doesn't add up. It just doesn't. I mean, doesn't. that's one thing that just never sits well with me about why is he there? Maybe it would just wasn't something that was thought of in, you could say, maybe that wasn't thought of in 83, right? When mm-hmm. they were bringing the Force ghost back. But they, they added this guy in. So they have to have had a reason for it. I just, I'd love to hear the explanation behind it. And I wonder if we'll get something with the Force Awakens that was brought up about because it seems why. like it was more just like a feel good thing for Luke mm-hmm. to see his father at the end, rather than it actually being uh, purposeful that he, or you know, some kind of logical reason that he was there as a Force ghost. Mm-hmm. I so, I'd much rather see Qui Gon, even though he has no oh, idea yeah. who he is. <laughs> Qui Gon would have been amazing there. That yeah. would have been awesome. But yeah, he has no clue who he is. He's his force grandfather, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, everybody has uh, an influence, right? So, what about one of my favorite characters outside of the Emperor? Jar Jar. Admiral Akbar. Mm-hmm. It's a trap. <laughs> I mean, that's what spawned that line, right? Well, it's funny because you know, in Empire, Leia yells out, "It's a trap to Luke." Mm-hmm. Yet. Known for the line, it's a trap in the Star Wars universe, will always be our favorite Admiral Akbar. Yep. But it's funny, when he, when, he, when he tells all craft to pull up or to maneuver, it sounds like he's saying, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little difficult to understand. Um, oh, and, crap, maneuver the food. And it was actually Lando that, I mean, it was, it was actually Lando's, what, the little assistant guy that's with him? Nine num. <laughs> Nine num, it was nine num's catch that actually, you know, brought about that whole pull up. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't catch that, how are they? How are they jamming us, us if they don't know that we're coming? Mm-hmm. And they pull up. And I love the confidence that Admiral Akbar has in Lando. Right? He chose Lando to lead the attack, and and the minute that Lando says pull up, he's just he's behind him one hundred percent. He's like pull up, you know. Oh crap! Get out of here. Uh huh. I I love the confidence, and and he's such a cool character, but. At the same time, it's kind of like, it was Lando's, you know, he came up with, I mean, he, he was the one that spotted him and his, you know, nine numb mm-hmm. or whatever. And then he, it's like very obviously stating, it's a trap. Well, well, yeah, we know that now, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. So why is he your second favorite character? Just because he's just, he's fun. <laughs> he's, he's funny. Oh, please add him in Battlefront. How <laughs> cool would that he's be? He's in Battlefront. As a playable hero. No, yeah. Please add him in Battlefront. <laughs> so, I know we're running long now. We've only talked about Star Wars uh, this whole time, but... I think we've had a good mixture, right, of what we hope to see in Awakens, and... I want to talk about my favorite lightsaber battle. This lightsaber battle yeah. is... It's cat and mouse. It's not... Like all about choreographs and stunts and things like that. Mm-hmm. It is, it is primal. Because, you know, they're trying to turn Luke. Luke's trying to figure out what he's supposed to be doing. He's not been trained well. He just he's in this situation. He's like, what am I doing here? I'm thinking about my sister. Oh, oh crap! I'm thinking about my sister, and now Vader knows about my sister. Yeah. And then he's like, oh well, if you will not turn, perhaps she will. And then he loses it. Mm-hmm. Right. He in a very it. Anakin style. Yeah. He loses it. And he just... I, I always think this is funny because as he's hacking away, he's just swinging his lightsaber at Vader who's just lay, laying on the ground, but he just keeps smacking at his lightsaber instead of at Vader himself. I always think it's kind of funny. But, you know, he chops off his arm or his hand and then... Payback for Empire yeah, exactly. Strikes Back. Vader loses that hand yet again. 
How many times do you think he's lost his hands? <laughs> I mean, does it really matter? I mean, he always gets them back. Uh, yeah. So he loses his hand. The fight is over. Va- that the the wheezing noise that they put to Vader, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he's weak now. The Force Lightning maybe shocked all of his breathing mechanics. What was before that that he gets he starts wheezing? Before he picked up. Yeah. Really. When when he's when he's when he lost when he gets his hand cut oh, off. Okay, that doesn't make. He sense. starts to wheeze at that point. So, very great emotional battle and the music that takes place during this battle. You get like the the the. It's like a choir, like a, a very a, low very, undertone. Exactly, yeah. very sad, very somber. Father versus son, legitimate fight. Mm-hmm. That the whole time you have the emperor watching the background. Then he starts cackling and they're like, ah, ha, ha. you know, strike him down and you will be my apprentice. You know, he's he's maneuvered Luke. He has maneuvered Luke into the situation mm-hmm. because he. He's always wanted that strong Skywalker. Yeah. Because the Force is strong with, stronger with Luke than it was with Palpatine, I'm sure. Because Anakin being the most powerful Force user, who is going to be more powerful than anybody, most likely has a more powerful son than the Emperor. Yeah. So, that being the case, he's, he's maneuvered this to happen because he wants Luke to strike down Vader so that he will then become his apprentice. But the question I have is, why... Would Luke killing the Emperor automatically give him a ticket to the dark side? Isn't that what Yoda was gonna do? Isn't that what Obi Wan was gonna do to to Anakin? Was kill him? Maybe by the Emperor asking him to kill him. Right. I mean, he's he's inviting it. He's like, oh, strike me down. Go ahead. Well, he, maybe he's just trying to say... Egg him on? Well, he's egging him on to give in to that rage because that's like, the that's like you know, we see back to when Anakin really started to tip was in episode two when he goes and he kills all those sand people. Mm-hmm. That's when he really started. He gave into that rage and he let it get the better of Maybe, and when... When Obi-Wan and when Yoda came in, it wasn't out of rage. It was out of necessity. Well, this is... The entire fleet is about to die unless he does something here, right? Unless somebody in that room kills the Emperor. That's true. It's necessity. Maybe it's a different... It's a necessity, sure, but maybe it's different because he's... And the whole time... (laughs) What what is it that that Yoda says? You must face Vader before you can be a Jedi. Yeah, because Yoda was like, the Emperor beat me, you don't stand a chance, but you might stand a chance against Vader, that's why he mentioned that. Well, he maybe he's seeing everything, though, right? Maybe he's like, you need to face Vader, you need to confront Vader. If you beat Vader, and then you can still resist the Emperor, then you've truly become a Jedi. Not not Resist not, him enough to kill him. Well, resist him in the sense is don't turn to the dark side the way that your father did. Right. Don't choke the Emperor out. That'll be good. Use your lightsaber. That's the weapon of a Jedi. Well, I mean, but again, maybe... And nobody maybe thought Maybe Yoda's tell- seeing all this, right? Why didn't Anakin, or I'm sorry, why didn't Obi-Wan or Yoda tell Luke, hey, if he uses his lightning, put your lightsaber up. It'll absorb it. <laughs> why didn't anybody tell him? Like, the number one thing that he'll probably attack you with is this lightning stuff. Don't throw away your lightsaber. Just go ahead and hold yeah, on to that. Yeah, he's standing there. He's like, never. There's, there goes my defense as I toss it away. Yeah. As, uh, yeah, I mean, they they try to piece it together as best as they can with the content that they had to work with with the original trilogy, right? That's why some things are inconsistent like this. With All this being said, this is my favorite Star Wars movie. All these inconsistencies, all these, why didn't this happen, this and that still my favorite because it has the the, the most memorable lines honestly mm-hmm. it has the most memorable lines it has the best characters it has everybody it has a great space battle yeah it has an an emotional excellent lightsaber fight it has the emperor it has everything that i think of when i think of star wars it has walkers it has atsts it's got ewoks which i don't mind ewoks are fine whatever yeah yeah they were going to eat Han and Luke, but nobody ever seems to really... The, oh, they're cute teddy bears. They were, like, legit, they were going to be eating them, like, a minute ago. They were going to roast them, yeah. Yeah. It's just so... After watching it, 
I now agree that Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie out of the saga. I had Episode Three up there before it. However, you want to list them? Go from worst to released. Worst is number two for sure. I agree. Um, or you go through yours and I'll go through mine. Okay, so I, I guess it's just easier for me to start at the top. I would say six, three, five, one, four, two. Interesting. Okay. So mine from the bottom, the worst is two. Then on top of that, even though I love Darth Maul and I love Qui-Gon, I really have to put one there. So are you just switching four and one with me? Well, next will be four. Yeah. Then three, then five. No, then five, then three, then six. Okay, so we just have one and four switched around. I just I like I like Qui Gon I like young Obi Wan I like Darth Maul and I and I don't know I really like the the pace and story of the first one a little bit more than the fourth episode that's why I have them placed there but everything. you know what I, I thinking about that and you're you're talking about it I think really it's two then four then one five three six five three six that's what I yeah so we're the same yeah. I'm curious to find out next week where seven fits in there. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Where Kylo Ren's saber ranks in my sabers. My my favorite all time saber. I love the hilt that the Emperor has. It's, yeah. It's elegant. It's 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 Sidious saber. Yeah. But I love the the green lightsaber that Luke has in Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. It's one of my it's it my overall favorite lightsaber. I, I love Mace's too. He's got a great Mace saber. Windows. Yeah. 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 Dooku's uh, curved handle is cool. I like Dooku's. Curved handle. The double-sided Darth Maul was cool, too. Obviously, yeah. But I don't know. So, okay, so your favorite's Luke's green, one that he redoes in episode six. I like Dooku's the best for lightsaber hilt. Um, what what about your favorite lightsaber battle? Um, so we, we know that it's I six. love this one, but... What comes right after? Right after this would have to probably be... A tie between Revenge of the Sith and Empire Strikes Back. Again, the emotion of Empire Strikes Back elevates it. If you're just looking at straight up choreography and greatness, no, every I think everything plays a factor, right? I mean, we can't just we can't judge based on the limits of technology that they had back in the '70s and '80s. And if I think of the music behind it too, I the music plays a huge part, right? Yeah, I think Episode Three may edge out. Yeah. Five, and Definitely. then below that, close behind, is episode one. I think episode three is the Duel of the Fates. Is is that Duel of the Fates or is it Battle, Battle of the, the Heroes? Heroes? That That is my favorite lightsaber battle. I think in the entire saga, if you look at one to six, that's your climax right there. Right? That's when either everything could go right or everything could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And and just the the two battles going on concurrently, the music behind it, that's my favorite lightsaber battle. Followed by the one here that we saw in Return of the Jedi, and then I gotta go. I, I'm, I'm dropping five on your list. I I gotta go with the the battle in Episode One between Darth Maul, Qui Gon, and Obi Wan. I thought that was just is just stunning, mm-hmm. uh, and, and the music behind that was good as well. And that was the first lightsaber fight that we had seen in an updated format. So the, you know the the movement was great, and you know. Um, I forget his name, the actor who played uh, Darth Maul. Ray Park. Ray Park, yeah. Uh, that he did all of his his stunts, mm-hmm. right? It, it just it was it was beautiful. So what are you expecting for episode seven for a lightsaber? Because you know there has to be a lightsaber fight. What are you expecting? I don't expect that it's going to beat any of the lightsaber fights that I just mentioned. I don't expect it to be that great of a fight. It's gonna it's gonna be better than obviously episode four. It's going to be better than, um, I think, the the duel between uh, Dooku, Obi-Wan, and Anakin on you know on Geonos- Geonosis in Episode 2. I think it's going to be better than that. Outside of that, I'm not really expecting too much out of the lightsaber fight. Yeah. Because you have you have an in you have an you know an inexperienced Jedi maybe not even a Jedi right we don't even know it just could be some dude with a blue lightsaber that he found. Where do you put in? <laughs> where do you put in the Yoda versus uh, Dooku fight. Do you lump that in with the episode two lightsaber fight as a whole? Because it really kind of you do. 
Oh, yeah, I guess you could. Because that's really the main event, honestly. That, yeah, and that, that probably raises it a little bit, but it's mostly not because of the lightsaber fight it's itself. It's just because of it's Yoda. It's mostly of the Yoda and the encounter between him before, mm-hmm. like the build-up to it. That was really exciting. Um, but the lightsaber fight was only, like, what, 10 seconds, 10, yeah, 20 seconds? Long. So I, okay. I'm not expecting much. But from a few of the unfortunate trailers that I've seen, I think in terms of technology, the lightsaber fights are going to look really cool very fluid that's where we'll end our discussion this week on return of the jedi on the saga that is released as we know next week we will be discussing the force awakens it's going to be an interesting podcast we're going to be watching the force awakens twice back to back then who knows when in the in the mornings like at 2 a.m we might be recording and it could be long it could be short we don't know but next week... It's going to be long. Who are you kidding? <laughs> next week, ladies and gentlemen, look forward to our spoiler-filled discussion of Star Wars, The Force Awakens. That's where we're going to leave you this week. Oh, actually, oh, sorry, I forgot. Are you on Twitter? <laughs> I am on Twitter, at D-O-U-E-1-H-1. And you're on uh, Xbox. Xbox is the sure. same, yep. And I am on Xbox. Spider Jedi is my gamer tag, and you can find me on Twitter... Sith Nightmare at S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E and you can also find the show at Entertaining Pod. We would love, we welcome, we need your thoughts on Star Wars as a whole, on The Force Awakens, everything. Send us your way uh, and let us know what you think of the lightsaber battles, which is your favorite lightsaber. Just let us Tell us what you think about The Force Awakens, about Star Wars, about the hype. Anything that you would like to, Star Wars related. We're in full Star Wars mode. Star Wars, see, this is Star Wars Eve. We are on the eve of the release of The Force Awakens. So, we'd love to talk to you. And speaking of Star Wars, on the next episode of Flux Depose, if all goes as planned, I will actually be joining the fine gentlemen over there, Lucas and Jason, over at the Flux Depose podcast for an all-Star Wars discussion. If you if you would like more Star Wars talk, check out the feed over at Flux Depose, because this last episode was pretty much all Star Wars, and the next episode will also be all Star Wars. So, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for continuing this journey to The Force Awakens with us. We hope that you have been entertained, and the Force will be with you always. <laughs>